0: What's up guys, in today's interview we're going to be interviewing a non-profit organic farmer from Hawaii, his name is Travis Wu, and uh, someone who's really interesting has been a Magic the Gathering pro, if you guys don't know what that is, that is a card game, Uh, literally went pro at that, traveled the world when he was young, Uh, made quite a bit of money doing that as well too, online. And uh, now he is a farmer in Hawaii where he balances uh, farming with kind of digital entrepreneurship, Uh, Writing books and doing kind of uh, videos in his spare time And I thought he was a really interesting guy just in terms of his lifestyle Just in relationship with what he does why he decided to become a farmer in the first place And I just wanted to interview him uh, pretty much based on that and it's cool in this interview because Travis talks about some of the lessons that he learned um, just in relationship to farming the land uh, the importance of good food and uh, just more on life and um, just cultivating a lifestyle that you want so i guess with that guys let's jump into this interview with travis Wu. welcome to the zenfulness podcast I'm your host, Jeremiah Schmidt, and this podcast is about the transformation process for people who envision possibilities, cultivate their courage, and tap their potential. We are part of a group here who are inspired to chase their dreams, overcome limitations, and take action in the real world. Thank you for listening to the Zenfluence podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Zenfluence podcast, guys. I'm here with guest Travis Wu. Uh, he's very interesting, has lived, uh, just like you'll, you'll see, I guess as we interview him, but he's a farmer in Hawaii right now, entrepreneur, author, and much, much more. And, uh, I guess I'll just pass over the mic to Travis and let him introduce who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, Jeremiah, thank you for having me on and reaching out and those of you listening, thanks for being here with us today and yeah. Today, I'm uh, an organic farmer for a pretty good sized nonprofit here in Hawaii. We do a lot of cool social ventures and produce a lot of food for the island. I write books, I do online courses, and I like to swim in the ocean and surf. That's kind of my life right now. Mm-hmm. But in the past, I grew up in the city. I went to business school, was a professional gamer, playing Magic the Gathering for a while. Yeah, sort of before time and after time in my life, definitely. And yeah, now just trying to help people out, especially help people improve their habits and help people live better lives. Mm -hmm. Something people are struggling with, people need help with.
0: So, Travis, what uh, initially pulled you to become an
1: organic farmer? Um, why did I become an organic farmer? Well, I think it really comes down to all of us, whether we know it or not, made a decision in our life to optimize for one thing, whether that's money or security or adventure or family. Mm-hmm. None of those things are necessarily wrong, although maybe like optimizing for stress or drama or um, comfort or convenience is maybe wrong. But I chose to optimize my life for health, and those other things are important. And I think that health will will help those things come to me. But pretty much, you know, every decision that I made, every time there was a junction point, I was like, which is the healthier option here?
0: Mm-hmm. So.
1: It, over a series of years where I kept choosing the healthier option it led me to growing my own organic food, working outside, getting a lot of vitamin D. Um, so that fundamentally is why there's additional reasons. One is, it seems like one of the things that's really important to the next step of humanity, to look at all the problems we have, especially mm-hmm. mental health, physical health, and everything caused by that a lot of it's just not good access to food people are umbil- the umbilical to the land has been ripped from people mm-hmm. 100 years ago 200 years ago we we're all had some sort of connection to the land so this is a big problem and it's a complicated solution and it seemed like a lot of the big entrepreneurs i was looking up to were not not even on their radar so it seemed like maybe we needed more smart people in that not that i'm the guy, but I could be part of that movement, so um, that's what it's about, and and a part of that of pursuing a healthier lifestyle is just feeling better, you know, today's Sunday, it's my day off, but I went up, I fed the pigs, I fed the sheep, I had to, you know, did some potting, planting of trees, and you just feel good, and, and it just makes you more energy, less stress. And you ultimately have more time to do other things because you're just more relaxed and feel better, more Mm -hmm. energy. So I guess coming
0: back, Travis, to your childhood and where you were born, um, Mm -hmm. can you jump back into like kind of where you began and some of the, like what you went through, kind of the different uh, lives you kind of went through with pro being a a pro gamer, going to school, living in the city.
1: So I grew up in Seattle and It was a bit rough for me because so little sun, just being, I wasn't exposed to the world. I wasn't exposed to the sun. You know, I grew up in the darkness and I only saw what was immediately around me, which was sports and games. My mom had a little garden. We had worms. We grew strawberries in the summer. We had some kale and tomatoes, but um, not too much and I pull weeds and all that, but I never met a farmer was around that. I didn't know that was an option. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what was the healthier option? My, my parents were athletes. They liked to swim, play soccer, workout, stuff like that. So, um, I was gravitated to sports, played a lot of sports. And as I was, you know, went through school, went to business school. And as I was graduating from school, and I saw a lot of my friends who were pursuing status or pursuing money or pursuing wealth, which is totally reasonable choice when you're 22. I was like, okay, well, of all the things that I've been doing, uh, this magic thing is working out for me pretty well. And what was working out for me is not just competing in tournaments, but I was writing these articles and making these videos that was getting a lot of traction and i was able to get paid pretty well for not that much time Mm -hmm. like i would write an article a week an article a video so right when i graduated i could write an article and a video a week for 400 bucks a week and that would take me you know there's more time for upkeep but the actual act of doing that's like five hours right one day all my work gets done in one day $1,600 a month is not a lot of money, but I have more time. So I started to hustle and stream and raise money in other ways. But this seemed like the healthiest option because now it's like I get to pick my schedule. Mm -hmm. I get to work out uh, all day if I want to work out all day and pursue athletics. So that was the path that I took initially. And to be blessed with all this free time and also mobility, it allowed me to see the world and see different lifestyles and volunteer and, you know, try many different things and shadow different people. And um, through that is when I walked by a community garden with open volunteer hours and I started going and revisiting the garden and I started volunteering at a, a a farm. And it seemed like of all the people that I met, because during this time I met millionaire entrepreneurs, I uh, met, you know, Bitcoin people, uh, you know, professionals, consultants, accountants, lawyers, um, uh, bartenders, servers, you know, baristas. You know, the whole spectrum. Teachers. It just seemed like the farmers had the coolest lives that everyone was sort of like low-key envious of because mm-hmm. they're they're outside with the goats, you know, at noon on a on a on a Monday. So um, that sort of had a gravity that pulled me to it. And then over time, I I realized also because you play sports, you try to play, push yourself in basketball or whatever it is you're doing, you get injuries over time, you get older.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it seemed like farming was the next evolution of team sports. So and now I'm out there pulling weeds and hauling buckets of soil or moving tubs of carrots and stuff like that.
0: So Travis, uh, I guess coming back to, before you left to Hawaii, um, you, you said you were, you were writing articles, like magic articles a week, making $400 uh, for that week. Like what is the lifestyle of, like what exactly is a MTG pro? Like what does that lifestyle, uh, like what initially drew you to that? how did you get into that? And um, what, how do you go pro in a uh, Magic the Gathering?
1: Okay, so it's hard for me to say what is the lifestyle of a Magic the Gathering pro because I felt like mine is different from most of the ones that I met. Because mm-hmm. during that time, I, my day, this was a couple years, um, I would uh, wake up, I'd go online a little bit, I'd go to the soccer field, with my friends and work out. I'd go to the weight room, I'd go play basketball. I would go, uh, to the pool, uh, eat a couple meals in between. And then I'd come home and stream magic online and raise it to make more money doing that. So you know, I was working out like eight hours a day, mm-hmm. but just not like strenuous workout necessarily like playing sports, hanging out. Um, and then over time I, um, mo- moved away from producing content and moved towards, uh, coaching, like group coaching, uh, training, I wrote an ebook, wrote some books, put out some courses, um, started doing a lot of coaching and that became more time investment, more income, but still plenty of time to, to, uh, do other things. Um, as I became, there was a couple years where I was more like, a like a pro, where a pro player, rather than just being a pro content or pro coach, mm-hmm. where I would travel to a bunch of tournaments. And you know, in 2017, I went to Japan, England, Ireland, uh, Netherlands, France. I was in. I went to Mexico. I was in Canada. I went to the East Coast. I went to the South. I went. You know, I was flying to all these different Grand Prix. I was. Only uh, in my abode in California, six months of the year, I was planning it like week by week. Or when the schedule came out, I would stay with random followers, fans, and friends, um, get hosted in random countries and places, and that was a lot of fun. It wasn't sustainable lifestyle, but definitely opened my eyes seeing different countries and different cultures. And and now it's totally different because the uh, um even especially with covid there's not large tournaments even mm. without covid it seems like magic had been sort of moving towards less travel more online now it seems like people are sitting and playing online a lot which is never what i really wanted you know a couple hours a day is plenty of that for me but now it seems like it's a lot of that mm. and then you know what drew me to that is just growing up in the city and not knowing much else what do kids do they play games and they play sports and of all the games that i played magic had a longevity that game has been around for what 25 20 no 27 years now something like that it's not like i chose magic it's like the other games that i played sort of fell away and this one was still here Mm -hmm. and the various hobbies that i had of basketball, making music, magic. Magic's the one that just happened to pay, you Mm. know? Like if I had been good enough at sports, I probably would have gone that route if it was paying me. Or even if I had been good enough at music, magic just happened to be paying me. So it wasn't necessarily that I chose. It was just the natural, well, it's like, let's do this. This seems better than getting an office job. And, uh, yeah, um, but... I mean, what was cool about it is it just a platform to reach a million people, a platform to, uh, to make an impact. But um, now on the other side of that, I feel like there's better platforms and better missions. It was sort of my launching pad that let me play the game, see the world, but now it's not really what I need or want.
0: So I guess like Magic, The Gathering, like going pro in that and producing content would you say like that kind of made you an internet entrepreneur in a sense like that kind of led you to you know write these books travel the world and like what actually what lessons did you learn from traveling to all these places especially being so young?
1: Well I think I was going to be an entrepreneur one way or another just because both my parents sort of were. Um, My mom's like an artist she sells her own you know slings or paintings and then my dad Uh, was a lawyer and at one point he quit quit his law firm and started his own practice so I watched him launch his marketing and and do all that stuff so um, I think that was gonna happen either way but it was sort of natural there were certain things that sped it up like I made some mistakes on social media that caused me to lose my blog job at one point Mm -hmm. but I had all this audience and knowledge. So that was the impetus for me to really, you know, start not casually, but a full on business. Um, but yeah, I mean magic in in that, I mean, there's so many things you can do for money in this world. And even in magic, there's, you can write articles, you can play tournaments, you can coach people, you can sell cards, you can sell information. You can do so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had a question at the end of that, oh, what did I learn from, well, I'm happy that I got to travel out of the way when I'm young, because I know people who don't get to do that when they get older is like, what's out there? I wish I could go. Mm-hmm. And now I feel pretty satisfied. There's so much of the world I haven't seen, though. I haven't been to China. I haven't been to Africa. I haven't been to South America, but um I feel like it's not necessary you can travel in books from reading um and but it's just cool seeing how people are different but the same everywhere mm-hmm. people but people are different you know seattle they call it the seattle freeze oh yeah they describe the culture there it's real people are kind of grumpy and grabby and um not really warm or and then when I was in like uh, Spain and Mexico and Latin countries, it was way different. You know, you greet with a kiss and there's way more social touch and there's people were way warmer and more inviting Mm -hmm. and just friendlier. And Hawaii is a little bit like that. So, um, yeah, it's a good experience. I mean, I think that if I was in Seattle, I wouldn't be nearly as happy. I I got a lot more sun here and, that's definitely a game-changer
0: yeah well well, so what initially pulled you to go to Hawaii like kind of transition there
1: Um, why Hawaii oh there's basically three three main reasons the first reason would be okay I'm in agriculture Hawaii is great place for agriculture It's year-round growing you grow tropical fruit, you grow anything you want. So it's awesome for agriculture. Second reason is, um, second reason is the weather. which just nice, makes it easy to have a nice lifestyle. And the third reason, honestly, is uh, basically demographic. Hawaii is the only place in the world that I can go and I'm like a normal looking person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's the only state of the there's four forty nine of fifty states in the U S are predominantly white. There's there's some cities that are maybe more Asian or more Hispanic or more Black, but Hawaii is the only state in the U S that is predominantly mixed and mixed Asian. So, you know, I'm just people are more aware. I'm sure you're paying attention to like people are becoming more educated on race right now. Mm-hmm. There was a point where I was just like, "I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't need to be a minority. I have another option. And uh, I like that. I mean, you just uh, to be able to go places and people look like you and people aren't staring or like people don't treat you different. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I know that's not possible for everyone to do, but for me, for me, it was. Yeah. I'm glad that
0: we did that. So moving to Hawaii it just kind of felt more of like a natural home for you, a place where you, where you feel like you belong more.
1: Yeah, I look like I belong. I'm not like the one person who looks different.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: especially as a mixed person, it's like around white people I stick out and around Asian people I stick out. But uh in Hawaii it's it's like twenty-five percent of the population is at least two races. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five percent of the population is Asian, um, so it's you know, it's just a lot. I look normal, and there's some there's something about that that people don't 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 realize whether you're a minority or the majority. That once the role is switched, you you notice.
0: So, so I guess living in Hawaii. If you could take us through the day in the life, Travis, of what you do. Like, let's say you wake up in the morning, kind of like run us through your day. What does that look like?
1: Okay. So it changes seasonally, but right now, um, I get up around six. Um, I'm going out on the farm around 630. Usually I'm going to go start off by feeding pigs and sheep. And then I'm gonna go harvest. Whether we're harvesting, we harvest a lot of salad, carrots, turnips, radishes, kales, brassicas, herbs, um, kohlrabi, um, fennel. I'll come back for lunch, or sorry, for breakfast, probably around 8:39. So I work for three hours before that, and then. Um, from about 10 to 12:30, I'm either helping to process the and wash what we harvested, or I'm working on the office on marketing our products. Mm-hmm. And then 12:30, have a lunch, and then um, I'll usually go for a swim in the ocean. At this point in the summer, there's no waves, so I'm just going for a swim. In the winter time, and there's wave. Well, there are waves, but. It's not as convenient in the winter time. I'm going and surfing at this time. Um, I have a girlfriend in Ohio right now. She's coming here in November. So I'll call her at that time. And then three to six, I'm usually going back out on the farm. Uh, this is more like maintenance and preparing like weeding or setting up fields, um, moving the sheep, mm-hmm. um, working in the orchard, stuff like that. And then come back for dinner. And then I have a couple hours, which I'll go on social media. And this is when I'll uh, work on my online business, like my courses or write books and stuff like that. And I'm usually offline by nine. I'll read for a half an hour, 45 minutes, and then sleep and get about eight and a half hours of sleep. So wow. that's awesome the the average day, but they're not all like that.
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess, Travis, look, what's the thing when it comes to uh, organic farming or just farming in general, like a lesson that you've learned that you think most people wouldn't um, know.
1: Um, it's a lot more work than people realize to bring a carrot to your plate or some salad or something. It's, it's a lot more work than people realize. And also the quality of fresh local organic is a lot higher than people realize too. The difference between iceberg lettuce from 600 miles away and freshly harvest greens. So I wish people would, uh, and not just spend money with us, but in general, like realize, I should probably spend more money on my food to get higher quality, fresher food or spend more energy to have a little garden, grow a little bit of my own food. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a lot of work. It's a um, it's a nice lifestyle, but it's hard to be it's hard to be profitable. It's not necessarily a good business model when you consider like you're growing carrots in the ground that take water and the seed costs money. You have got to implements to the field A tractor costs like $60,000. Mm-hmm. You've got all, so much labor cost and it could rain or it could not rain. You got to set up this irrigation and you're selling a product for like, you know, we sell our carrots for $3 a pound. Compared to other business models, it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of labor. It costs a lot of money for a reason. So-
0: so like, I guess, um, when it comes to uh, just like farming and then doing your books during the, during the evening, um, like what drew initially drew you to become an author?
1: Um, my mom used to write articles for magazines about art. So it was sort of normalized. And I remember when I was small, she read me Stephen King book called on writing which is sort of a guide to writing so I always sort of took to writing although I didn't I didn't necessarily have the best grades in writing in school um especially because my penmanship has just never been <laughs> never been good but yeah well you can type these days right so exactly yeah mm-hmm. I don't know I always liked it as a way to express myself and then something about making a physical book is nice and I like, I like having, it's an asset as well. You know, it's something that could be selling in 10, 20, 30 years possibly. So it's, uh, seemed like a good long-term investment with books.
0: So I guess I wanted to dive into one of your books specifically. Like, I think it was what I wish I knew sooner.
1: I um, wish I told me sooner. Oh yeah. I wish I, I told, wish told, you told me sooner. Yeah. I wish I, life lessons for young men. So, like, what would you say would be, like,
0: some of the lessons that you wish you kind of knew before?
1: Um. I have it right here. Well, I mean, I wrote this book when I was 27, so i learned plenty since I wrote this as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just flipping through here. Well, one of them I think is just. Tr- well, a lot of it's stuff that I found out on the way. Um, it's not even in here, but like being sober, I wish I had uh. Known that from the start, you know, I was a stoner for some years, and I drank coffee every morning, and I would drink alcohol here and there, and I think it really held me back, and I didn't, I didn't know that um, until more recently that, how much that would help me.
0: So, like, did you recently quit, uh, like, doing drugs and alcohol, or?
1: Yeah, it's been a little over a year, about eight months with coffee.
0: Wow. So, like, could you take us through that story of how you are able to,
1: like, kind of the battles you faced and how you are able to get through that? Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, it's, like, not a problem. It's, like, you know, a lot of people smoke weed. I'm not spending a lot of money on it. I'm not, like, doing dabs or bong rips or hash. I'm just smoking joint in the evenings. What's the big deal? You know, coffee is so normal. Why is this a problem? Mm-hmm. what's wrong with drinking alcohol on Friday night? Everybody does this. Right. So it's not like I was, it was ruining my life or that I was felt like I had a big problem, but part of it is just looking up to some of the more, most of the really successful mentors and people I see who are really counted on life are not doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing people who are failing and a lot of them are doing these things. But a big part of it was me turning 30 and looking at the goals I had for my thirties and I want to start a family and, and have a sober household. So I should probably prepare myself, ready myself for that. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, Hey, weed especially is causing me a lot of anxiety. So it's not serving me. It's an old crutch I need to let go of. And then as I started to let go of these old habits, coffee came on the list. and that was the next thing. and a lot of that's just for self-mastery and not being reliant, and not being a slave to chemicals. Mm-hmm. and um, I wish I, I wish I had known sooner because looking back, it did hurt me in a lot of ways. It it just made my life a little foggier, less focused. It took energy, it took time. It uh, negatively affected my sleep. It made me hang around the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And uh, That's not even in the book because I need to write a part two to this. But I guess if there's one thing I wish I had, if I could go back to a 22 year old me, I would say, hey, listen, dude, you should, you should probably be uh not do that and do this instead.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so I guess like on your what would you say is another lesson you learned turning 30 now like you kind of touched on that a little bit but the biggest difference between
1: your 20s and your 30s? I feel like your 20s is a, 20s is a time to experiment and and to start doing narrowing of eliminating what you want, don't want to do with your life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, eliminating where you don't want to live, um, think, you know, trying up on behaviors and characters, personalities, seeing what does not fit with you. And so 20 is, 20 is such a good time to take a bunch of different jobs, live in a bunch of different places, travel to a bunch of different things. And, but then I feel like 30, a lot, hopefully a lot of that narrowing is already done for you and your path is a lot clearer. You don't have as much time as you did. Um, And now you hopefully, you know what you want to do with your life and you know where you want to live, you know, who you want to do it with, you know, the things that matter. So it's just a different vibe. Like 20, I wanted to go on an adventure and go to this country and do this crazy thing. 30, it's like, I got work to do so maybe a lot of that's behind me.
0: So so I guess another question for you Travis is uh I know you kind of like kind of got a bunch of success kind of early on in life um if you could go back like or or I guess what the question is what would you say are kind of like the the positives of gaining success at a young age and then kind of like the negatives of
1: gaining success when you're younger? Yeah so first of all defining success i mean on outwardly and in some ways i did have a lot of success young um in my ability to just have a cool lifestyle and travel and get a lot of attention and make decent money um but you can always compare to other people it's not like i made like a ton of money and got super famous and and got to travel to 100 countries i did get to do some cool things but it's all on a scale. Um, the positives is confidence, especially success in business. It's like, okay, you look at a bird on a branch and if that branch breaks, the bird is okay. Cause it has wings and it can fly away. Mm-hmm. Now for me to go out on a branch limb and feel like, okay, I could lose everything, but I could figure out, I could fly. I have wings now. So uh, ha- having a confidence, Definitely the downside is, when you get a lot of attention when you're young, It just, it's probably not healthy. Um, Me, I maybe have some narcissistic tendencies. I don't know how much of that is inherited or how much of it is. So plenty of it is definitely from just getting, when I'm doing a live stream, like having thousands of people watch. And, Mm. and, uh, you know, it caused me to, I think it slowed down my growth a little bit where I thought I got cocky, you know, when, and the, the big picture, I wasn't really doing that much. So it took me got probably a couple of years to grow out of that and get my humility back. So that's definitely the downside. So yes,
0: so guess Trav, uh, Travis, what would you say is the upside of it.
1: Well, that that would be a well. One is what I mentioned—the confidence of being able to start something new. But also it's just feeling like, uh, okay, I got a lot of attention that didn't really make me happier. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can check that off the list. I don't need to chase that. Like I had so much freedom, I can, spend my days how I want. That didn't actually make me happier than, for instance, having some meaningful work, I can cross that off. Um, just getting to taste some things that people I get to travel all over. Well, I kind of more enjoy just staying in one place and watching the garden grow, right? Mm-hmm. Getting to accomplish some of those things that people never get a chance to accomplish and see that it's sort of overrated. Um, and yeah just you know family and a purpose and good days and a healthy lifestyle is way more important than any of that perceived status so,
0: so i guess travis if i guess uh, this is a question but where are you uh,
1: headed like
0: what does your future look like in terms of what you want in your life now being in your 30s and kind of going through so much of a transition and growth um, wh- where are you kind of headed
1: if all if mm-hmm. everything goes well? Well, there's still a little bit of narrowing, but now it's a lot clearer. Um, definitely working with the land. It's hard to say if that's going to be like um, producing a ton of food or uh, animal husbandry. Um, and then, I mean, it's a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now, but. Uh, better, right? Like I'm gonna continue with courses and coaching people and writing books, and I mean the next big thing in my life, and it's not all lined up to do this right away, but you know, starting family, having family, um, that's guiding a lot of the decisions that I make now. Of what I want to do with my money and who I want to associate with and where I want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like a super, it has to happen this year, but then within the next 10 years, that's important. And but yeah, more of the same, like, I'm going to be working with the land and you're going to see me on the line too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's not too much more than that. So, I guess, Travis, if you could go back
0: to your, let's say, 16 year old self and you had some words of encouragement or advice for
1: him, um, what what would you tell him? I mean, high school is an interesting time. I don't know. I think, I don't know about everyone, but I feel like most of us just know so little. We're in such a bubble um, that we don't know the world at all we've been exposed to so few things, not to say everybody is like sheltered, but even if you're not protected, you're still not, you haven't seen, I've seen, you don't have a, you're naive, you're young, you don't have a wide range of experience. So me at 16 or for anyone at 16, um, it's, it's hard for me to want to go back and change my path. Cause I feel like I'm in a pretty nice space right now. But for anyone at 16, I would just ask them to think for the future and try, try to plan ahead. Cause there's a lot many years ahead and there's a lot of ways to ruin your life, even at a young age. Mm-hmm. So be wise, be, be careful.
0: So so I guess, Travis, where could people uh, check you out on social media, kind of like find what you're working on and uh, get to know you a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So my handles on Instagram and YouTube are Travis D. Wu. YouTube, I post a lot of self-development and specifically a lot about habits and changing, you know, quitting, smoking, or starting to eat healthier, those sorts of things. Um, Instagram, I post a lot, some of that stuff, but a lot more, uh, agriculture, life on the farm mm-hmm. and then those are my main two platforms. I'm also on Facebook you can add me there, but yeah, that's a, that's a way to, to see what I'm, what I think is important to share.
0: And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you, Travis, for coming on the podcast. Like, um, you, I don't know, you, I feel like you know a lot for all the different kind of life's lifestyles you went through, like being a magic pro, um, traveling the world when you're young, like writing articles, like that's most people don't get to do that. And then now like farming in Hawaii. It just, it really stands out with kind of like the type of person you are and kind of living a lifestyle that I think most people will never really experience. But, um,
1: yeah, I want people to see that cause it's not that hard to do. Like I don't own the land, but I have stewardship. I have security. This is a 50 year old nonprofit. It's not like I'm, no one, none of us own the lands. It's not, not like I'm working to make someone else rich. You can lay a claim and reap the rewards. I Part of my travels, I stayed with online entrepreneurs making stupid money. Um, I stayed with YouTubers who get millions and millions of sub- subscribers. And they're envious of the farmers too because they're like online, they're on the computer, they're on their phone they don't they're doing things for money. they're disconnected from nature right So mm-hmm. um, you know my big message is for people to get outside really, you don't need to be a farmer if you want to though recognize that you can be a rock star farmer and do well but Start a small garden, start some worms, um, go to the farmer's market, uh, go volunteer, make it a small part of your life at least, get closer to your food, it's going to improve your life in a lot of ways.
0: So, so I guess I have two more quick questions for you.
1: Uh,
0: the first one is, how would someone, or I guess like what's, what's the biggest kind of um, impact that you think connecting to nature has taught you?
1: um but the biggest impact there's a spiritual thing when you're co-creating with the forces of the universe whether you want to call it god or whatever it's undeniable when you're looking up and waiting for the rains or things are sprouting out of the ground that, that you planted so it just connects you to it connects you to the food it connects you to every other life form, you realize that, yeah, I'm going to die. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it seems like probably bugs are going to eat me. And uh, (laughs) I'm going to go into the world and and, uh, go back into the swirling mass of the universe. So, um, yeah.
0: So, I guess in that sense, would you say that being more connected to nature taught you that you're more like part of nature in in a sense like
1: it's good for spirituality certainly
0: and then uh, I guess the last question is if you could if you had a billboard let's say and you could uh, leave the world with one message everyone would hear um, especially at a time like this what would that message be
1: Well, my bio is on Instagram is grow better food, grow better people. So I like that. There's other things I could say, but yeah, grow better food, grow better people.
0: Awesome. And there you have the guys. There is Travis Wu, the organic farmer and author from Hawaii.
1: Yeah, Thank you, Jeremiah.